0: and welcome back to the weekend spread i'm your host bobby howard and with me today we've got boat and blake Blake, blake past couple of weeks have been filled with realignment talking about who's gonna be in the power five who's going to which mega conference who's making the most amount of tv money so you know this is really the perfect time to take a step back and focus on something that you and i hold dear to our hearts and that is Groupify Football. Let's go! I'm excited to go in, preview some of the overlooked, you know, probably uh, underappreciated teams in college football. Um, and you know, I, I know this isn't everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone, you know, really cares about what's going on in the uh, Mountain West or the MAC. But you and I, we 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 have a we have a fondness for the crumbs. And uh, I, I want you to explain to the people, uh, someone who might. Be uh, listening to this for the first time. Why you love the group of five, and why you
1: love uh, this level of college football. The reason why I'll always love this this section of college football, and why it's so important, is kind of we're seeing it right now. There's so many college fe- uh, football people being kind of like, "Boo hoo! The sports over. The regionality is dead. Where are these traditions?" But they're not looking at five other conferences that exist within the FBS that, for the most part, are very much like regional. The Sun Belt kind of occupying the South, the MAC occupying the Midwest, the Mountain West occupying the entire kind of like Pacific West, Northwest, even Hawaii's expanding out of the continental USA. I love it because they have that regionality aspect, but also... The resources are kind of similar. Like, really, the standard deviation on a year-to-year, top-to-bottom, is really not that much. Like, you're rarely going to see a team that has a stranglehold on one of these conferences that can just outspend, out-recruit, out-NIL somebody, because, really, if you're good at those things, you've probably already moved up somehow. There's been enough realignment uh, uh, now, besides maybe like a Boise State, that you've kind of you're stuck in this area but that's a good area to be in because it leads to exciting conference play it uh, leads to good conference titles and the conference titles actually mattering to these teams and not just some kind of like oh it could be a launching point to the college football playoff
0: right and we we talk a lot about how so much of especially espn's coverage is about who gets in who's in the final four and you know there is a bit of you know, there's too much talk about the playoff. So it's nice to be in this space of the group of five. I know it's ironic because one of our, one of our talking points is can somebody challenge for the playoff, but um it's nice being in a space where like conference championships matter. The, the race, the, 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 the game you're like, that's going on in itself matters and making a bowl matters. Uh, I mean, you could point to, was it uh, the Northern Illinois game last year? I can't remember who they were playing, but it was basically for a trip to the Bahamas bowl. And they're all celebrating on the field for like clinching third place in the Mac because it meant they got to go to the Bahamas. That's like, that is like pure college football. It's beautiful. and, And that's just what I love about the group of five.
1: Yep, it like they actually care about the bowl games. Like, I know there's a whole group of people out there. It's like, why should we get rid of the bowl games? A lot of these group of five teams really care about it. One, they get extra practice, which is essential for a team that's like, you're not going to bring in a lot of recruits. So, to get those freshmen, get those sophomores, redshirt freshmen more time to develop, but also they just enjoy them. Like, it's their one time a year where they have a national stage that they can put on a show. And that's why I'll always love it. Like, I hope whatever model we go to if conferences start departing for the ncaa we need some sort of league or something that contains a lot of these teams just because they still provide compelling football but you're just not talking about like how it in the media context bringing in the big numbers bringing in the college football playoff dollars at the end of the year but that's what's so wholesome and great about this comp conf- uh, these conferences
0: yeah and it it's just they, they they just are unchanged by what's going on around, uh, on around them. Like, I feel like nuclear war could happen. And then 100 years later, you still have the Mac, you know, playing at a destroyed Detroit uh, because they need to they need to get the quick lane ball in. You know what I mean? That's 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 how steady these conferences are. There's something to really be um, to really admire about it. But let's kind of get into it. So major news with the G5 is uh, three. Pretty solid, pretty big um, programs have left the American, which I think we all agree is has been pretty much the best um, Group of Five uh, uh, conference. They had pitched for years that they're uh, a part of a Power Six, but uh, you have UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston all getting promoted to the Power Five, which is kind of more like a Power Four now. Um, and I want to know, which po- which program that remains of the Sun Belt, American, Mountain West, MAC, and then uh, the Conference USA, which do you think is most poised to establish themselves as kind of like the new king of the group of five?
1: Yeah, so this one is actually a pretty tricky question, because, like, on paper, you're going to say the American. Like, the American, although there's been a lot of entrance and exits, they still do have a really solid conference. Like, the teams that they added were all good, like good to great at times, uh, G5 schools. So you add in a UTSA, you add in a North Texas, who's pretty good, um, and some of the others, like they're going to be pretty – stable but the thing is they're just like not like not very exciting nor could some of these like these other teams could be on the move like smu today is already in the news that they could possibly leave and they're kind of like the cream of the crop of the american right now there's only like really three or four desirable teams that are like really fantastic if you're going for health and i think one that we've been circling for a while and has been rising up it's the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt, I think, uh, between Appalachian State having continued success with having Grayson McCall and the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina still being a great program even after Jamie Chadwell left. And then some of the other programs like your uh, USA, South Alabama, your Troy, your uh, Louisiana Lafayette, always really good they don't have that elite team per se in that conference, but they have a nice spread with, I think that also matters, fan bases that truly still care about their teams for that conference to mean something, even if it doesn't have like the Cincinnati, the U of H, the uh, UCF, like those types of teams that were really always contending with the big dogs in the P five.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if we're talking about conferences, like which one's better, it's like, I I think it genuinely is kind of neck and neck between Uh, the Sun Belt and the American. And I think people are going to start waking up to that because one thing the Sun Belt has that the American definitely doesn't have is regionality. They have expanded within their footprint, have a a really solid, understood regional identity. And I think that's something that is a massive advantage. And being in that area is something that's so big for recruiting because, yeah, you're not going to go head to head with the alabamas and the uh georgias and the old misses but the but they're still really good players in the south and pitching to them that look you can stay in this area you know all of your your family and friends can travel throughout the area and you can can make these games you're not gonna have to hop on an airplane over to you know half across halfway across the country to go you know follow your you know follow your kids which is which is i think a, a, a massive massive boost so I think long-term projection. I think Sun Belt probably a better conference. I think it's going to take a couple years to get there. Uh, I mean, especially this year. Um, you know, I don't think there's anyone really that stands out to me because, as we as you mentioned uh, with Jamie Chad, uh, with the, yeah Jamie Chadwell leaving uh, Coastal Carolina, uh, App State's a little bit down. Um, Louisiana still hasn't recovered from Billy Napier leaving, but I think there's I think there's a lot of meat there. And we're not even talking about James Madison, who's great, but can't play in the postseason. Um, yeah, so it's they're going to have a star come out of there. The American is probably on top for now. Love UTSA, love Tulane. Uh, I think those two like I-, I could see Tulane being a bit of a powerhouse uh, after that big Cotton Bowl win with Michael Pratt and all that. But we'll, we'll just kind of have to see. I, I I'm kind of kind of uh, fading the American you know, long term.
1: Yeah, because it is, it's like the American is a very top-heavy league. Like, when I look at it this year and I'm projecting, like, oh, who do I see in the American cha- like American championship game? It's going to be one of three teams. It's going to be Tulane, it's going to be UTSA, or it's going to be SMU. It's going to be some form of combination of that. And although that's, like, those three teams can build very successful teams to, like, rival some of those, like, Power 5 uh, ones, it's just... It's not ever going to have the same luster, especially once the Sun Belt starts recruiting a little bit better. Once the Sun Belt, I think one of their biggest benefits is like the southern uh, like the southern part of the United States, obviously a recruiting hotbed. They might not win those recruiting battles up front, but the transfer portal, we're seeing more and more players that have like, said they're from Georgia and they go out to California and try their luck. And it just doesn't work out. They're not seeing playing time. Typically, they're going to do the opposite and go closer to home, something that their parents can actually see and hopefully try to see the field. That's what I think, like, if uh, we saw last year with New Mexico State, like a very random team to make a bowl, but... They're not going to be like elite, elite level talents ever at New Mexico State, but they were able to take a whole bunch of New Mexico guys that went off to power five programs, just kind of flamed out, put them together on a team and made like a pretty decent team for a program that has basically been like one or two wins every single year. So I think the Sun Belt in the long term is going to benefit from that even if they can't get that elite team, kind of like how we would see a UTSA, a Tulane, an SMU, especially an SMU, because they're just throwing so much money at that program that most G5 schools can't. I think it's just the standard deviation that league's going to be so low from top to bottom that it's going to be the more interesting television product.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I I would agree with that. And I think the thing that the American has is large markets, but I I think they're just not, Together and you know they they obviously were dealt a pretty massive blow with uh, losing those three teams in the Big Twelve, and I think there's a part that you know you kind of have to wonder like you know it, I I don't know what the future of expansion looks like but I know they're trying to knock down the door and get in and it, it seems to me that the American doesn't really care about regionality I I, I think I think from a football standpoint Sun Belt just kind of makes sense in terms of making better uh, programs you know making teams that, you know, go a little bit further, but, and I, I gotta say, I I think, I think if we're talking about a team that could be in that UCF Houston um, uh, type of tier, I kind of think Tulane could get there. I think Tulane is obviously had success, but I, I don't know. I, I think they're just not on that same par as some of those you know, UCF teams like 2017 that, you know, made a couple runs, uh, or like Houston at their peak, or Cincinnati when they actually made the college football playoff. I, I don't think they're a legitimate contender this year.
1: Uh, yeah. Like, I think that's my like pretty much though, it. Yeah. Okay. Like, my problem, I'll say my problem with Tulane is this uh, Tulane last year had a really. Experienced team. I think last year going into the season, they had 16 returning starters, like something ridiculous. And then they had all the success. They had good quarterback play out of Michael Pratt. And then this year again, they're gonna have 13 returning starters, Michael Pratt back. So I think they're gonna be good in the short term. It just like I get a little weary. It's not like one of those where it's like UCF that was really like sustaining themselves over multiple quarterbacks and coaches uh and like although in a short period of time it seemed like a lot of like turbulence it just worries me that like two lanes kind of in their golden age and then could like could just drop everybody next year and go back to being just like six and six and not good not bad but just not being able to replicate any of the success that we've seen uh this year uh and possibly last year
0: yeah like long term i would be concerned about that you know can they go back and redo it um but we'll, we'll i mean we'll see um I, I want to ask, like, do you think there are any other teams? Like, I think Tulane's probably the probably the name that people would think about sneaking in the back door for the college football playoff bid. Do you think there would be, uh, is any other team in the group of five that you think could make
1: a run? I think the other team in their conference that I'm really high on uh, that I can only see as like the other team to make that run, maybe not college football playoff, but I think definitely that contender for the near six spot for the G5 is UTSA, uh, UTSA jumping up into a, a new conference, I think. It is a jump, yes, but I don't think it's, like, that much of a quality jump that you should be worried about, like, somebody jumping from, like, G5 to P5, how you see, like, the Cincinnati's of the world now jumping to the Big 12. I'm just not as concerned with it. And they come back with the super experienced uh, squad. Like, we know Frank Harris. Frank Harris is, like, our age, I feel like, at this point. He's, he's like, a super-duper senior and somehow keeps finding eligibility to stay there. I think he's probably the best quarterback in the American I think Jeff Traylor is probably the best coach. They bring back a lot of experience at wide receiver. I know they lost uh they lost that one wide receiver to Ole Miss, their top guy, but they were still it was a really deep room and one of the other better rooms uh like in the conference already. And really their schedule is not all too difficult. You got I like the only game you really got on there is at Tulane. And like that would decide basically your fate of whether you're gonna make the championship game or not but if you look at the like the uh conference standings right now it's like plus 200 for Tulane 225 for SMU and like plus 475 for UTSA UTSA is the same quality as those three teams they might have to go on the road to Tulane and they don't have to play they don't play SMU so it's like really you're coming down to that one game but with that value and that experience I just I love UTSA in this conference I just think it if like Tulane just kind of takes that dip, like that it could happen just after the dream season dip, like I think UTSA is right there. But also to your point, Bobby, I know you said for the college football playoff. The problem is like the three teams that I could see making it are the three top teams of the American. They all play really hard people that will immediately give them a loss. It's like Tulane is going to Ole Miss that they could possibly lose to, uh, UTSA is going to Tennessee, and then SMU is going to OU and uh, TCU. So it's not like they have an easy schedule to get that easy 12 and zero and put the pressure on the CFP committee. They'll actually have to beat somebody in order to like, in order to make their CFP dreams happen.
0: I will say that Ole Miss Tulane game is in New Orleans. That's why I <laughs> forgot. It's in New Orleans. Yeah. The New Orleans, sorry. Old Yulman Stadium. You know, I, I don't know. I, I I think that'll be a pretty heavy Ole Miss crowd. Um, you know, as, as, as OU fans can attest to, uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of dual season ticket holders, people who bought uh, Tulane season tickets because they that was the only way to get into the OU game. So they just like half of uh, Tulane season ticket holders were just OU fans trying to go to New Orleans. Um, but um, yeah, no, I'm sure there'll be a pretty pro Ole Miss crowd, but you know we'll see how that goes. I think I think the the Rebels are pretty damn good, and I I, I if I had to pick that game today, I. Go with Ole Miss, but that's a kind of kind of one of those fun games where you might sprinkle a little bit on the uh, straight up upset. But um, I will say, I will say, with UTSA, you have at Houston. You know, uh, our our opinions of Houston may vary. I think that's a game they can win. Um, yep. At Tennessee, I think they lose the balls. But if you're making a college football playoff run, you kind of need some upsets. You kind of need some spice to like give you a little bit of a push. If they somehow found a way to shock the world and win those two games, or win win, win in Neeland. I'm just saying, like who who knows on that. So I I would if I had to pick one, I'd go with UTSA or like probably UTSA in terms of like just kind of the spice factor of uh, possibly beating a, like a Tennessee, um, but that's about it. So um, do we want to kind of go into? Um, do we want to kind of go into some of our favorite conference bets, or what? What do you What do you think, Blake?
1: Yeah, sure. We can we can go down that road.
0: Yeah. So let's do it. Um. So let's start out with uh, the Sun Belt. I, I think personally that's my favorite. Um. And we're not going to do this for every single one of them because let's be honest. Uh. Some of our thoughts on the MAC and the Conference USA. Maybe maybe we don't need three bets for these, but um. I want to know what what's your favorite over and over under for
1: the Sun Belt. In terms of win totals. So, in terms of totals, I think Appalachian State over. I'm, I'm still high on them and I know if you look at the conference like totals, it's pretty bleak in terms of Appalachian State uh, standards like usually typically they're the first or the second best um, in the conference and this year you're gonna see a Tro- uh, f- unfamiliar names at the top, Troy in uh, USA. but I I just think this I think they're always built. To, to win games. They're so loaded. They're like the dream. They're the dream team of the Sunbelts. Solid offense. I think they got great quarterback play, high potential that we saw, beating uh, Texas A&M last year on the road. Um, I think their schedule, really, if you're looking at it, not too horrible. They get uh, Coastal Carolina off their bye, and I know Coastal Carolina is off, off of it as well, but I'm looking at the schedule and not seeing many... All too many losses. They play North Carolina, their toughest non-conference game. I think they could beat North Carolina. They were damn close to it last year, and so I just feel like every single game they're uh, competitive in, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Appalachian State Mountaineers over. I just like I. It's I feel like it's been a winner every single year. So what are you thinking, Bobby?
0: I I do love myself some Yosef, but I think the way they performed last year kind of made me a little. Kind of dissuaded me because I I thought I thought they would be really good. Kind of let me down a little bit, and I think that that that's pulling me away from going with them as my main over. I I like the James Madison uh, Dukes here. Uh, they have a bit of a spicy schedule, but I think it's doable. Um, they do have to go to UVA, but I mean I think that's a very winnable game. Uh, the Cavaliers are not very good. I think it's a little bit concerning that they have to play at Troy, and then they have to play at Coastal in the season. But this James Madison team last year, what like they should have they should have won the Sun Belt, but they were like kind of held back by the you know by the NCAA, uh, not eligible for postseason play uh, for pre- last year or this year, which is just incredibly annoying. But to me, I, I think eight like getting over eight feels like a solid like a very solid, very realistic possibility for me for uh, JMU. Um i think they do it um but value is not great i i just i just think the dukes just i think they just keep on rolling keep on winning and uh continue that momentum from uh you know that first stellar year in the
1: power f- or sorry in uh d1 the fbs still same yeah. thing you know we know what we mean and this is the only, like, really the only bet you can take when it comes to futures with James Madison because they can't compete at their conference title. So if you feel high on them, this is the only bet you could possibly take to like get that feeling in, uh, with some cash. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, any thoughts on unders? Because I'm gonna be honest, I'm kind of fading, uh, Coastal a little bit. Losing Jamie Chadwell, I think, is a lot bigger than people think. Um, I, I, obviously kind of the head of that program really started things you still keep Grayson mccall but to me i i could see them taking a dip and coastal under seven and a half at plus um plus 105 i i don't mind that i think that's that's not that bad
1: i i like it to a degree but like my thing is it's like when i'm going through this and i'm like Jamie Chadwell loss, how much is that going to affect one season? Like, I think Jamie losing Jamie Chadwell over five, six years is going to be massive for Coastal. But when they still have Grayson McCall and, like, looking at who's probably the biggest factor when it comes to, like, a point spread game-to-game, game, like, if... Chadwell's not coaching versus McCall not playing like McCall is swinging that point spread so much more so it does worry me a little bit like I don't really like their coach it's the old OC from North Carolina State I don't think he's like a very good game plan and I just like game planner and I thought Coastal Carolina was so fun because they kind of put the triple option a little bit on their head and like made it fun and like vertical passing and like really fast paced I enjoyed that and I feel like they're going to like a really boring slow low offense like nc state always is so i'm not like all the way on the under there but i see the reasoning why uh but i'm gonna go familiar familiar uh team on this pod uh the texas state boco bobcats (laughs) (laughs) I i think this team is just gonna be so bad like they had they really last year it was like what did they have like Almost zero recruits, no transfers. Like, they can't bring anybody into that program. They got some transfers this year. Their quarterback room is, like, loaded, I guess. It's loaded with names you know. It's, like, Malik Hornsby, uh, the old Arkansas guy. And then it's – oh, what's his name from Auburn? Uh, TJ Finley that started for them a little bit. Uh, Yeah, they have, like, a deep quarterback room. But besides that, I just – I am – I'm so out on them. Their schedule is so hard. It's they're playing in their non-conference like they could beat Nevada and Jackson State. So that worries me a little bit because the numbers saying that four and a half, but they play Baylor and they play UTSA. They're not beating those teams. And then when you look at their in-conference schedule, like I think the worst team that they play is maybe ULM. Uh, but yeah, they have to play Troy, they have to play South Alabama, and those games are at home, which is bad if you're a bad team. Like, if you're getting all your hard games, like, uh, hard games at home, that means your easy (laughs) games are on the road when they can beat you. So I just don't, like, if you're going to tell me this team, I think it's at four and a half right now, this team could win five games. No way. They won four games last year with, I think, maybe a little better like coach or I don't know if it's better coaching staff, but it's just there's no talent on this roster to get them five wins. Like there's just no there is no way I see them winning three conference games.
0: It's it's a hellish schedule. Uh I, I'm with you on that under um I mean getting getting Baylor, UTSA, even Jackson State, who is D2, like still probably has some of some Dion left over there. You know, I, I don't feel good about that. Uh, obviously, getting Troy, Coastal, South Alabama, like mm, man, I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty out on boco this year. Um, just not a very good program right now. Like you said, got a lot of, they got a lot of scraps from the portal. Like uh, they they got a ton of like Alex Grinch's OU defensive commits or uh, recruits who didn't pan out at OU and just kind of got shipped off to San Marcos. So. I don't know. They're, they're, they're kind of like an Island of misfit toys, like type of vibe right now going on with the, uh, with Texas state. So I, I feel good about that under too. <laughs> it's just yeah
1: it's it's gonna be grim and maybe they start building something like you know we we talk about like we talk about how bad they are and how they can never recruit but they're still in the state of texas you know and if you get a coaching staff there you're in a good conference that has some juice and like i think winnable games if you could just develop the roster a little bit more like i think it's almost there but it's just like if you clearly cannot get talent like the others in the sun belt they'll bury you because every team like seems to do good at like seems to do well besides like maybe your like ULMs.
0: Yeah. And and that's the thing is like they're basically Texas Tech, but like in a really cool spot. You know, they have a river. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Tim Marcus is great. <laughs> like that's a really good place to like hang out. uh I, I remember like chatting with uh with uh Ty who's on the show of course um back freshman year he's like you know what I think I think if I I think I want to transfer to Texas State. You know, just hang out. Not actually have to do any work, maybe float the river a couple times. And he never did that, of course. Uh, but uh it sounded like a pretty convincing uh idea. So um I don't know. Texas State definitely deserves better. I thought the Spavatal era would have gone much better than it did. It was a total disaster, but uh, anyways. Uh, let's move on to the American a little bit. Or actually, no, no, no. Let's let's talk about our favorite champion um for the Sun Belt. What do you what are you thinking, Blake?
1: I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with USA uh, University of South Alabama. I think like the East of or what would that be the West Division this year uh, in Sun Belk, the champions uh, championship runs to them. They have to go I believe on the road to Troy, which is gonna be a difficult game. But their defense is just so solid. Like this team is just one of those teams that's been on the rise. And Troy, I felt like lost enough um, in the offseason. So I'm going with USA. I think they're like circle some of those games I know they're playing I believe they play OSU uh yeah if they play OSU uh and Tulane I think they they're competitive in one of those games I just really like them I think they're a solidly built team and I just think maybe like Tulane they're like looking at that Ole Miss game the next week not paying attention to like a really solid G5 team
0: yeah I have Troy on this, and I, I think to me it's it's basically a coin flip between Troy and USA. But the difference, in my opinion, is Troy hosts that game. They have that game on Thursday. Uh, they host James Madison as well. I, I, and I think I think that home schedule is kind of favorable to them. Um, they really the only game I'm I would be afraid of um, conference wise is 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 the Georgia State the Georgia State trip
1: could be spicy. Georgia State's trip teams up. But I feel like that, Georgia State's always tripping teams up in like every yeah. sport. They just like randomly pose themselves as a roadblock.
0: <laughs> yeah, they just pop up and... Buy. They they almost beat... I think they almost beat um, UNC uh, last year.
1: They gave UNC yeah. kind of a tough go. Didn't they almost beat Tennessee too? Or did they? No, they did. N- did they? Was did that... They? Oh.
0: oh, I know they got close if they didn't actually do it. I
1: think yeah, that's I know well, because it. that was like... I think it was like the last year of Jeremy Pruitt, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah. No, they did. They totally did. 2019. Yep. Uh, They beat them 38 to 30. um, First game of the year. So, yeah, Georgia State, you you know, they're tricky. That that would be tricky to me. But I think to me it's a coin flip between those two schools. Uh, Troy's performance last year was just incredible after losing that Ole Miss game. Um, Just going on a pretty impressive run. And I know they did lose a lot, but I just I feel like they're building something very solid in the, uh, in that university, and we'll see how it goes. But I, I think I think George uh, South Alabama very very um, good choice as well.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's it comes down to, like, favorable schedule versus probably, like, favorable roster, like, what they're bringing back, and I love those. Like, that's that's what makes these conferences the, like, most fun because you circle one game and you're, like, you know this is, like, the conference could come easily down to this. But then also, random roadblocks always appear, and, like, right when you think you win that game the next week, you go on the road to, like, Georgia Southern, and it, like, completely derails your season after you got over the biggest hurdle, so... Exactly.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it, it can all be thrown off by just saying like, oh, you have to go to Appalachian State on a Tuesday. Game over. You're losing that one. There's no chance. You know what I mean? So um, let's move on to the American a little bit. So um, do you like what what over unders do you like?
1: Yeah, so Open big, totals. big over. like one of my biggest overs of the year. Um, and I hate to say this um, SMU. Uh, it has to be SMU. Um you can find this number it's been floating around it started at seven and a half uh most places I think you can find it at eight and a half nine with maybe a little bit more juice to the over but this schedule is so favorable to them like I know you get probably two auto losses with OU at OU at TCU uh right off the bat so you're coming into uh conference play two and two but Jesus, their schedule is so easy. It's like if Preston Stone, these wide receivers that all transferred in, like all these like heavy transfers that they've been throwing the NIL bag, like any of those players end up being somewhat decent, they're going to run through the rest of their conference schedule. They don't play UTSA. They don't play Tulane. Their hardest game that they have to play is Memphis, and it's Memphis on the road, but like – That's the only game I really see them tripping up. I don't think Navy's that good this year. I don't think Temple's that good. I don't think Tulsa, Charlotte, Rice. Like, they have, like, four or five of the bottom American teams that they play in the schedule. Like, this this one, like, even if it's heavy-juiced on the eight and a half, I'm still taking over because I don't think they lose two with this conference slate. It's just really that bad. And, like, even if Preston Stone gets hurt, I still think they're, like, still beating these teams just because – I just don't know where I find the losses unless something weird and fluky happens, which can sometimes happen with SMU. But I feel like Rhett Lashley is building a competent program. Is it a power five program there? No, because you need to actually start stringing together some consistent results. But I just can't, I can't see more than three losses on the schedule. So that one's one of my big heavy hitters. Like it's one of the auto bets ones that I saw, even when they posted at like, eight eight and a half even nine like i would take the chance of the push
0: yeah because i, I think to me you know smu obviously that brutal schedule though you and tcu as a, as an o, as an ou guy i'm a little bit i don't want to say i'm nervous about smu but i know like we have to show up for that we have to really respect smu because they are a solid solid team and if you mess around and you know don't come prepared they can they can make it a game or possibly beat you um, so I I'll say that I, I, as a, as an OE fan, a little bit concerned. Um, but yeah, that schedule is pretty, pretty easy. Uh, a little bit of concern for like at Eastern Carolina on a Thursday, like some weirdness could happen, but to, to lose three games, I, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. So, especially in that conference, like there, there, that's, I think a really, really solid over. I'm, I'm, kind of fully with you on
1: that. Um, it, it, You have to be feeling nervous as if you're an SMU fan. For the first time, I think in decades, you have actual expectations to win 10 games. Like, it should, like, you should definitely have that expectation just because that schedule is so easy. And if you don't get that, if you get below nine wins, then you should actually be mad at your program. Like, you finally have the voice and the ability to be mad at them just because you out-talent most of the teams that are on your schedule like yeah. you just have significantly better talent
0: absolutely that there should be there should be that degree of expectation especially as you're trying to get into the acc or wherever the hell they're trying to end up uh yeah they, they should expect that um i will say and maybe this is just this this might be just a, a bit of a an emotion pick uh but i'm gonna go charlotte over three Mainly because of how mad their coach was about only getting asked like one question or like basically no questions. I don't know. I, I I I don't know how to feel about the Charlotte 49ers as a football team, but you know, look, you have South Carolina State, that should be a win, you would hope. And then, you know, maybe a little bit of chaos along the way. I they could they could probably pull something off, I would hope. You know, you get Rice at home, um FAU at home. I've not who knows on Tom Herman? I don't know actually. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of at the point where I'm I'm just trusting them to cause enough chaos after beating Rice and South Carolina State to get one more for a push.
1: I feel you gotta do that. Like Biff Poji, I love that man. He like his backstory is so weird. He used to be an investment manager for the longest time and then just got bored and decided to start coaching football and then somehow ended up in the Michigan program and then is now a head coach like, at a FPS-level school, and, like, he was independently successful beyond football and then just decided to, like, do this as a side quest. So I, like, I love the fact that, like, he's fired up. Like, he has, like, you could... The good thing is it's, like... I feel like he can rally the boys for at least one game. Like, even if they are absolutely dreadful, if you were doing this just because you like football that much and, like, you could easily find a better-paying job than a the head coach of the Charlotte 49ers, I think he's going to fire up the boys to at least one to push, if not two. I just I – I have that feeling. Like, he he has to be smart. Like, he has to be smart somehow. Like, he has to be emotional, smart, everything. I think he rallies them at least one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think they could I think they can get it done, man. I'm telling you. just he, he got that got that energy. I didn't know he, he used to be an investment manager. That's hilarious. He just just had a midlife crisis. You know, some people get a motorcycle. This guy decided to coach team uh, FBS college football. football. It's incredible. Oh my gosh.
1: That's, yeah, I wish I could like kind of fail upwards like that. That would be nice. Just even in my <laughs> even in my worst times still get a dream job. <laughs>
0: I don't even know if he was failing upwards. It sounded like he was doing great. He just did it like, up here somehow.
1: <laughs> and what what a story. But yeah, I, I'm all in favor of that one. It, it'll, it'd be a fun one to root for. Absolutely. Any unders you like? I do. And this one's going to hurt you, Bobby, because you are, a, you are a season ticket holder this year. But under just Tulsa. Pack. Just a mini pack yeah, Oh, sorry. Mini pack. We're a mini pack holder. <laughs> so you're slightly less offended. I think it's Tulsa uh tulsa like one third and half. uh it's i think this tulsa like phil montgomery did i think one of the best jobs you could ever do at tulsa just putting them in a place where they made the american championship like that's really good for the i think might be the smallest or second smallest like fbs school uh currently like it tulsa is tiny um Davis Brin, their quarterback, that was kind of keeping them afloat last year. He did great, got injured in the Ole Miss game, which they, like, surprisingly kind of, like, stuck around in a little bit. Uh, But he ends up transferring, so he's gone. So they're without a head coach that I think is pretty good. They're without their starting quarterback, which was the only thing kind of keeping them afloat. I just think there's no talent left on this roster. Like, I think it's just going to be – it's going to be a really – really, really dark year. And then when you look at their non-conference schedule, you maybe have a guaranteed one win with Arkansas Pine Bluff. I think at NIU is gonna be a game. Like they're always feisty in the Mac and the Washington and OU is just gonna be blowouts. And just even looking at like even looking at the schedule, you're playing SMU, you're playing Tulane, uh, you have so you have two of the three juggernauts and yeah, I just don't I just don't see the wins. I do not see how you can get to five wins with this it's going to be probably more closer to three possibly even two uh i just think this tulsa team is going to bottom out this year
0: yeah i mean it it pains me to see my one-third golden hurricane you know be in that position but i i'm i'm not big on them i don't think they're quite they're just not that they're just not that good they're in a bad position with the schedule uh that being said uh in addition to the ou tulsa game i am going to try to go to uh the Battle of the Titans between Tulsa and Rice on uh Thursday, October nineteenth, because I, I have a mini pack and that's the only other game I want to attend. It's a it's a thirsty Thursday. So uh I'm just saying if you're if you're a program that has has a series of thirsty Thursday games where you can do more than just one, that's kind of a sign of where you're at. And I know that that's mostly the American, but also, man, that sucks. So I I'm, I'm kind of with you on the Tulsa under there.
1: Smart strategy by then, though, I will give them this. Like, any G5 school, whenever it's close to a university in your state that's really passionate— always block it out with some sort of season ticket or ticket plan. The fans will buy them, and that's just free money in your pocket. Like, those weren't really going anywhere. If you like Tulsa football this much, you've already secured your season tickets before that mini plan came out. Like, this isn't taking tickets away from anybody. If not, it makes it easier. If you are a Tulsa fan, can't go to many games, you're just buying those tickets for cheap on StubHub from those OU fans that are trying to just, like, get – A little bit of their investment back, if anything. It's, like, it's the perfect strategy. It really is. It's, like, an easy influx of a few thousand dollars into your athletic department.
0: Well, it's genius, too, because they're not selling single-game tickets for OU Tulsa. Like, you can only buy it
1: through the mini plan, which is great. That's smart. And they just made themselves, like, a whole bunch of money because, you know, those mini plans are probably going to sell out by the time that OU game rolls around.
0: Oh, yeah. The $55 ones already have. So, now you're stuck with, like, a $100 mini plan, you know, so... There you go. Lo- love to see that for the Golden Hurricane. Uh, do we want to talk about um, your thoughts on uh, an American champion? Who, who do you like? Uh, and it can be a bit of a value play. It could be a overall play. What do you think?
1: I kind of mentioned it earlier. Overall play, value play. It's UTSA plus 475 that I'm finding at um, like the book I use. 475 for a team that could easily be just as good as the other top two. And I know they have to go on the road to Tulane and that could hamper them uh, and could end it right then and there, but just the chance to overcome that. And then if they were playing like an SMU, they could easily go at SMU. I just think UTSA to experience, have the best quarterback in the American. I think it's just easy value and could easily like actually win.
0: Yeah. I mean, the value is incredible there. And I think, I think that's my value pick. I just can't shake Tulane, though. I, th- I think they have a good thing going, and this is kind of a last raw for Pratt and you know everything they have going on for this era. Um, so I'm going to give the edge to Tulane, but if-, if I'm picking one for value, for fun, uh, love UTSA and the Roadrunners there uh,
1: as well. I would, never, I would never do it, but SMU, like, honestly, could be a good hedge opportunity. You know they're going to be on the other side of that game because they don't play the other two schools. They're, like, if you, like, believe in SMU enough to kind of run their schedule – they are going to be there. And then you can decide what you want to do from there. But it's just like, you could tell it's like their odds got steamed with all those new transfers. And then once people kind of woke up, like the fact that their win total opened at seven and a half, are you kidding me? You think they're going to lose five games on that dreadful schedule? Like absolutely not. So I just, yeah, if you want a good little hedge opportunity and somebody that you're like, at least have a chance because like Tulane or UTSA, when they play each other is going to knock out the other one. And like it could be done there. If you just want like a little bit of longevity, maybe you go that route.
0: Yeah, go with the alternate route because I mean this is a conference where weird stuff can happen in the championship game. Um, you know, it's not always shock. So uh um, yeah, no, I, I think SMU would be a pretty fun, weird value bet, but uh definitely not for a TC horn frog. You don't want to be rooting for them. So uh totally get that. Um, let's move on to the Mountain West. Um, interesting conference to say the least. I feel like the past couple of years it's been essentially fresno state and boise going back and forth um but you know i this is this is a conference that you love you hold uh, near and dear to your heart you have teams you love you have teams you passionately hate uh so i would like to ask you what's your favorite uh, win total in this
1: Yeah, so this, uh, my little monologue before I get into my win totals, this is the conference that really gets my juices going. I love the Sun Belt, and I respect it. Um, I think it's great. The problem with the Sun Belt is they play their games too damn early. They're playing them during the middle of the week, and then whenever they're being played on Saturday, they're at 11 o'clock versus games that I'm probably watching, whether it be TCU or other ones. The Mountain West is perfect they occupy that late night slot on saturday they occupy that late night slot on th- on friday you get to see majority of their games. And like, that's really important to me. Whenever the nighttime comes rolling around, I'm usually not watching. I'm watching the primetime games, but I got my eye on something else. And that is Mount West football. And I'm a huge fan. Like I'm wearing a Wyoming, a uh, Wyoming shirt right now. Love them. And then shout out to my roommate this year for my birthday. Got me little mini helmets of every single mountain West team. And they sit on the front of my desk. I was getting worried there when the Mountain West was looking to merge with the Pac-12. I was like, oh, damn it. Like God damn it. I just have the full set. <laughs> but yes, I have every single Mountain West uh, helmet on my desk. I love this conference. I love this conference. I hate some teams in this conference, but I also love a lot of teams in this conference. So favorite, gosh, where do I begin? Favorite win totals. First one. I, I'll, give, I'll give two right now for the my favorites. My absolute, absolute favorite. No homerism. No nothing. Colorado State. Colorado State right now is four and a half. It's heavily. It's pretty heavily juiced to the over. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, but I am. I'm considering just laying the juice and going for it. I think Jay Norvell is gonna take the next step with his team. They have a great, like a great quarterback. That last year, I believe he was a redshirt freshman transferred in. He completed over 70% of his passes. I think set the record in the conference for highest completion percentage uh, for a freshman. And he was doing this behind a line that stunk. They did not have, like, Jay Norvell was joking the other day at Mountain West uh, Media Days that last year the line came up to his chin and he's only about six feet tall. Like, they were a bad, like, bad offensive line. But they got key transfers there. They got experience there. They bring in new, uh, I believe a wide receiver from North Dakota state already had a decent wide receiver room, two new tight ends. I think a better defense. And I love like, The Mountain West, like, I love it, but some of the offenses are pretty sluggish. And Colorado State's going to be different. And as we saw with some of those uh, Nevada teams with Jay Norvell's there, he likes to speed it up, those Carson Strong teams. And really, with some of the worser talent, like a Nevada's not going to bring in your best talent of the Mountain West Conference, he could bring in better talent now at Colorado State and run that deadly offense. So four and a half, looking at that schedule, I think – they like looking at their non-con like that was like what's most impressive to me i see two wins there with middle tennessee and utah state but colorado and washington state are definitely winnable for a program that can play this like high tempo offense i think washington state's good but they're beatable and then i think colorado is very overhyped i know it's at colorado but If there's going to be a game that these guys get fired up for, that's it. And that's only the non-conference, and I'm already probably penciling in two wins there, so I just have to get two more. I don't think Utah State's very good this year. That's on the road. Boise State, they probably lose. Maybe UNLV. But they play, like, I don't think Nevada's very good. I don't think Hawaii's very good. And then they're just going to have the random game where they just win, like, every other Mountain West team that, like, beat somebody that's significantly better than them. Like, I'm seeing five, maybe even six wins in a bowl game here. I love this Colorado State one. Like in my i i was i was doing the math last night, and I'm waiting for just to see some of the numbers around there before I lock it in. But we're talking like probably my biggest win total bet of all time. Like i I'm ready wow. to go all in on this Colorado State team this year. Like I am. I I was a Jay Norvell believer in Nevada. I think he's going to take that to Colorado State and really had like that good that good form of turnover last year they're playing with like 50 60 scholarship players because of the transfer portal now they're up to a full 80 90 like you should be i just think they take a huge huge step this year uh so i'm not missing out on that
0: i'm about it because i think i think washington state you know in fort collins that's you know that's a bit spicy that's winnable I think anyone can really beat Colorado. You know, that's kind of a, a, a toss up as well. So um, getting Utah tech who sure uh, <laughs> formerly known as, I think Dixie state, which is yep, never Dixie made any sense. <laughs> but, what? They're not in the South. <laughs> no, And it's ag day. So, you know, they're not going to lose on ag day because they're wearing the orange that day, um, which is always weird to see uh, Colorado state break those out. But, yeah, no I, I I'm about it. I like that. I like I, I like that over a bit. Um I will say I only have one for win totals and you're going to be you're going to be pissed because it's uh I got I got UNLV under 6. No, I'm, no, that was going to be my other over so this is perfect. I'm Let's fading the Rebels. That boy out. I'm fading them. I I I just I have gone to I've gone through and sweated through too many UNLV over unders and I just I'm kind of out on them this year um i don't i i think i think partially frankly some of it's out of spite I, I i will go ahead and say that but you have a kind of tough schedule uh you have to go to the big house um you're hosting vanderbilt who i know the jokes about vandy but they bit some teams in the sec last year um i think they beat UTEP, hawaii at home and then okay maybe not i don't know
1: no, I don't know. okay. I'm just, kind of,
0: I'm just kind of I'm kind of fading UNLV though, overall though. Because I, I, I think at, at Air Force you lose that one. I think you lose to Wyoming because they're an agent of chaos. And uh at Fresno, always tricky. Um and as we just spoke about Colorado State on the up. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I'm 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 leaning over on the Rebels. I think try to find it at a five and a half. I know it exists, so you've got to get six wins in the bowl game, but I see the path. I think Barry Odom is a tremendous hire uh, for them, a program that has struggled offensively, but done better on the offensive side than the defensive side. But what they bring with Barry Odom and his staff, they're going to go to a good coverage. Like I think they're like rushing three, dropping eight type of thing. So a good coverage. Teams are not going to be able to pass on them. And then they're going to implement a more air raid, fast tempo, Really slinging it around, uh, pace, which I think is good because I think UNLV stocked with athletes. I think I love Ricky White, wide receiver, former Michigan State guy. He's dynamic. But really, like what this comes down to, and I'm gonna bet it over. I'm a man of the desert. They're my favorite about West team. I I want to see it happen. We've it's been it's been a while in the desert when it comes to bowl games. Haven't seen one of those in over a decade. But I. It all comes down to Doug Brumfeld. Dumb Brumfeld, they've transferred in so many damn quarterbacks, uh, like against this guy, and he beats him out every single time. He's dynamic with his legs, he's a good passer. The problem is he has ankles of glass, which is very problematic if you're a dual threat quarterback and He's basically what decides this win total. I I want to be the optimistic. I want to be the guy that's he's going to be playing all twelve games this entire year, not sitting out. We see the best version of UNLV, and I think with that, similar to Colorado State, I like those high flying offenses um, in the uh, Mountain West. I think it' been like I think it's a huge huge benefit uh, considering how like kind of slow and physical some of these teams can be to counteract with uh, counteract them with that. But yeah, it comes down to Doug Brumfeld. I I just want to be the optimistic one. I'm hitting the over. I want to see that bowl game. We were so close last year. And that was with Doug Brumfeld <laughs> being out a good amount of time, still five and seven. So I just, I can see improvement here. So I'm going, I'm going six and six. We go bowling.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, who do you
1: have as a champ? Champ. Are we going to do unders? Because I do have a really big Ooh, under. Yeah. No, go ahead and do, do, do some unders. Go, go for some yeah. unders. Okay, uh, just obligatory San Diego City University. uh, That's just a homer (laughs) one. They're going to be bad this year. Like Everybody considers them super physical, uh, dominating on the lines of scrimmage, and that's why they do well in Mountain West play. But they've lost some key. They lost their uh, all Mountain West center, all Mountain West right tackle. They're losing some up front on the line. And they're starting a converted safety as their quarterback. I know he did well last year, but I think it was the novelty weirdness factor of it. Put this guy. We got some game film on him. The conference, like, just because we're a small conference, doesn't mean we have to. We don't have TVs. We could pop in that game <laughs> film from last year. We're gonna scheme for him. I just. I don't see it. You get that mobility factor, but when you're starting a safety, this guy's not going to be slinging it, slinging it whenever we have six, seven, eight months to prep for a San Diego City University. I just see it no way, shape, or form. I do not see them hitting their win total whatsoever. I see them taking a huge dip, maybe even missing a bowl this year. Uh, so I feel very confident about that. Um, the other win total, let me let me look it up because it is, it is sad. Uh, I believe it might be two, uh, two and a half, uh, but it's Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii, the love of most gamblers. They're the ones who play the latest games on island. It's fantastic experience. It's the one saving grace on a day when you've lost everything that you feel like you can win it back. Um, now under the Timmy Chang era, the famous Timmy Chang, former Hawaii quarterback, I think they're bad. Like, I think they're, like, bad, bad, bad. Like, they've not been able to, in a transfer portal era, keep anybody, uh, nor can they bring anybody to the island. Um, This team, they, they won three games last year. I don't think they get much better. I don't think they get much worse, but... There, I see one win on this schedule. I see one win that I know for sure I could pencil in Albany, and I don't even think that one's a pencil in because I think Albany's a pretty feisty FCS team. But But they got to
0: come from so far, like going from Albany,
1: New York, all the way out to the islands. And that, that is concerning, but that's like the one win I'm really giving them. And it's really a simple thing. It's like, for me, it's Hawaii. Although they didn't really lose anybody this year, they didn't really gain anybody this year. In the Mountain West, I think the other two teams that kind of occupy with them at the bottom, it's going to be your Nevada and your New Mexico. Your Nevada and New Mexico, they are still, like, projected to be be just as bad as they were last year, but they transferred in a whole bunch of people to at least give them some help. Like, you could see that development on the roster that you're just not seeing at Hawaii anymore. I don't think Timmy Chang's a very good coach. Like, I think last year in, like, fourth down situations, red zone situations, he's, like, one of the worst statistically, like, in America— with a tough schedule, like always Hawaii, the thing you have to worry about is the travel. And I think you do play Nevada and you do play New Mexico, but you play both of those on the road. Those are your two wins that you could possibly have. And you're setting this at three and a half. I'm I'm going way under. Like I just don't see how this team wins four games when all your like meat and your easiness on the schedule is all on the road.
0: Yeah, it's it's brutal. It is absolutely brutal. Um, and I will say, like, I, I don't want to put too much blame on Timmy Chang because a lot of this is yep. everything that happened with Todd Graham. Uh, total disaster. I mean, it, in just two years, completely, just completely ruined uh, Why- Hawaii, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. So that's a hard thing to recover from. But um, yeah, no, just really not good. Schedule sets up horribly. I'm not optimistic about Hawaii at all and it sucks because Hawaii deserves better. I mean it, it, in the past couple of years they they don't they've been playing at a basically an elevated track or a essentially a high school field you know they don't have a stadium anymore um, everything's just a disaster for the island boys and it, it it breaks my heart because they deserve better they're they're a cool school they're always fun to root for but at some point you have to be realistic. And they're just, yeah, they're just not a
1: good program at all. They're completely floundering. And I don't know, like, you're not going to fire Timmy Chang because, like, the expectations are so low. But, like, what's Nick Rolovich up to these days? Like, before he left to Washington State, like, 2018, 2019, 8 and 6, 10 and 5. Like, they, they used to be, like, it's, it's not distant memory that they were a pretty live dog. Like, and it's just ever since those Todd Graham years, like, if you want to know how bad Tom Graham was at Hawaii, his son transferred away. His son hit the transfer portal <laughs> before his dad was fired. That is how bad Tom Graham was a coach uh, at Hawaii. It's just it's everybody's bad. getting better around, around them, and they are just they didn't bring in any new assistant coaches, didn't implement any new offense. They just kind of stayed the same as last year, and you just can't be doing that as a program. And so even if they get to 3-10 and 10, like they did last year, still hits the under and i just don't think i don't even think they're gonna hit that
0: yeah and and not only that but it's hard to recruit when you're like hey this is our stadium it's basically worse than your high school was so yep. i hope you like it you know please come and come to the island you know it just it, it's tricky you gotta you gotta really kind of focus on the brand and you know hope to get a stadium uh sorted out that actually befits a program like hawaii but you know we'll see how that goes um okay now we'll get to the kind of champion talk what do you
1: think yeah, uh, I think boring pick, and I wouldn't actually bet this, but I think Boise State's going to run this conference this year. They just have significantly better talent. Uh, last year they started off really rocky. If people remember, they started off two and two with a loss at UTEP, which is just not acceptable for Boise State. They fired their core, uh, co- uh, offensive coordinator, benched their quarterback, Hank Bachmeyer, that had been there for a while. Um, and their season immediately turned around. Um, their quarterback, uh, their quarterback this year, Taylor Greene, uh, the Air Force, I think the Air Force coach called him uh, the next Vince Young in their conference. Uh, that's wild. <laughs> that's a wild talk. And I'm like, that is just not even comparable just because it's like a guy <laughs> with slight athleticism in the Mountain West. Like, doesn't mean you're Vince Young, but For they sure. have. They're they're good at every position. They have a fantastic quarterback. They have a schedule where it's like even looking at like their uh non-conference, like I don't think they beat Washington, but I think they're competitive with Washington. I think they're competitive against UCF. Like they're that like when I'm saying things like that for Mount West school, you know they're like pretty dang good. Um I think their conference, like if you look, or actually it's not conference anymore. It's, they removed the conferences in the Mountain West, but I just think they are a class above the next. So boring pick, I would go Boise, but that means you got to go digging for value. Like you're not going for Air Force here, or like one of the other like high ranked teams. I'm taking like 11 to one, 12 to one. I'm seeing on Wyoming, the team that I'm repping. Uh, They started out last year. They got absolutely gutted in the portal beforehand like their entire team almost transferred away still finished seven and six the bully the guy up there he knows how to coach a defense he knows how to get a physical team a very well disciplined team which he didn't have last year but you started to see it come into fold at the uh at the end of last year and still make a bowl game which is fantastic considering the state of that wyoming uh wyoming program like i know for a while we were fading them so hard on the weekend spread and they kept burning us (laughs) because they were starting to perform like they started out the year so like with such a bad roster that we were all like slamming them and they still ended up being good so you know they have that high floor and if some of these like they get decent offensive play and can just like hold down up in laramie wyoming I, I like their chances just because they're a, a well coached team that always seems to get the best results out of their guys and take that leap. And their coach seems very confident in that this year. So I'm gonna go Wyoming as my long shot.
0: My my only problem with Wyoming is the rule with Wyoming is you never bet on them or against them because they always burn you one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> they're just so damn inconsistent. And even like even though they seem bad, seem like an easy mark. They're, they're literally the meme where the old guy goes, you know, oh, I'll call it ambulance, but not for me. You know, like that's what they do every time you think they're down. But every time you think they're going to win, they just fall apart.
1: They are definitely volatility at its max, but it's like if they were ever to put it together, it'd be a good time this year to do it. And I think it's just like once you drop down from Boise State, I think the standard deviation, like I know, like a lot of teams or like a lot of people have like North, uh, Air Force projected as the second team, but it's like, I don't feel super confident in Air Force. Like Air Force is one of those teams that it's like, they, I think won me my, uh, my win total last year, but they're very high floor, not very high ceiling. It's like the triple option, even with a little bit of a vertical uh, passing attack, just, teams can they've played air force enough like they can game plan a little bit against it so they're never going to blow out teams they're always going to keep teams kind of close and that's just not good for i think their ceiling and then obviously i've talked about how i don't think san diego city that ceiling's there anymore so you're kind of looking for that next that next one that's going to be in at least in the game
0: yeah and i yeah i think that's i think that's fair and I mean, talking about Air Force too, you know, that, that that's a team that lost to Wyoming and I lost my ass on that one, uh, because I was real big on Air Force. I was I was riding with you on that one. Um, if I had to go with a champion, I'm kind of trending towards Fresno State. I know they don't have Jake Hayner anymore. Um, but they all I, I feel like we always get Fresno State Boise uh championship max uh, matchups in the Mountain West. And every time it's at Boise on the Blue Turf, and somehow Fresno State wins. It doesn't matter. Like, they could have played in, like, last year, uh Boise beat Fresno by 20. And then somehow Fresno plays the exact same game, exact same place, and beats them on the blue. So, for me, it's like Fresno just feels, like, at plus 380, feels like a solid just... that, that That's pretty good value for a team that wins a lot of Mountain West titles.
1: Yeah. It's just like you're basically, you're throwing, like... You're throwing a shot in the dark with that. It's like, and the number reflects it. It's like, if it's a typical Fresno State team, their number's a lot slimmer, but it's just like, what do you do without a guy like Jake Hayner that for two years put that program on his back and like good players that have now graduated that stayed back with Hayner for his final season? It's just it's one of those it's like it could easily work out fine but then we could also be like oh they're only seven and five like that makes sense like they don't have Jake caner anymore uh like it's just one of those where the certainty is not there enough for me that i just like i don't want to take that shot I
0: i would agree i would agree um cool let's move on to the mac and you know you and i well i don't think we have a lot of a lot of feelings about the mac but also the mac doesn't have any feelings for anybody uh this is the I honestly, the ultimate shot in the dark, dark conference every single freaking year. So I'm just going to ask you your favorite bets overall, uh, win to conference, uh, win totals, over, under, whatever you want. Uh, what's your favorite bet from the Mac or
1: couple of bets? I love this conference. I love to watch it. Hate to bet it. I do not do uh, – the one thing I do not do, I do not do any win totals for this conference. I do not do anything that could possibly – that I have to guess on a week-to-week basis when I put that schedule out in front of me. It's like, okay, who's going to who's gonna win this uh, game? Because the games are basically coin flips. It's like I don't care how bad you are in the MAC. You're still going to – like you still have a chance to win every single game, and you'll win some in the fluky ways. So my strategy typically – I just choose a team, a conference team, put some money on them. It's worked for me the last two years. I've gotten two in the actual final. I've never been able to convert on one yet. Uh, I'm going. I go for the big odds. So I basically I'm gonna knock out uh, Eastern Michigan, Buffalo, Miami, Ohio, and Toledo because uh, they're more than or less than a thousand. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm feeling good about Akron. You know the zips. The Zips hired, I think it was a Joe Musgrove, the, uh, uh, where did he, was he at? Oh, I think he was at Oregon. And then get, uh, came here. I think good coach. This is really just a shot in the dark. I have no idea. Like, that's the best part about Mac. I'm just going to go with him. I like to see heavy, heavy, heavy on. So when you get to that championship game, you can do something with it. So I'm just going to go Akron, feel it out. But don't, don't bet win totals. Don't bet win totals for this no. conference. No, 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 never, never. Feeling the Zips.
0: I'm gonna go with the uh, Eastern Michigan. I know, I know they're only at plus eight hundred, but I feel like they're a reliable bet. That I wouldn't say reliable. Nothing's reliable in this conference, but I feel like EMU always like has a gritty team, very solid, and plus eight hundred feels about right to get to the championship, win it. I, I-, I like it. I like it.
1: But really, you're yeah, yeah, kind of going. I, the I can't like. What can I say? Like, I can't go in hard on you, being like, "How dare you, Ian, you, <laughs> <laughs> you fool! Didn't you oversee their quarterback battle?" Like, no, it's like nobody knows really much about these teams. Like, I know there's some people that like track this religiously, but it's it truly is. It's like it's like reading the tea leaves uh, when trying to figure out what the hell is going to happen in this conference because it's never the odds-on favorite that wins it. Like, do not just just don't do that. But. Yep, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, to or Akron. Sorry, it's honestly like the one you can eliminate is whoever is supposed to win it. Yes, like because they never, they can never, they can never string together that many wins. Like you get everybody's best effort, and you end up somehow with like three or four (laughs) losses in conference. So exactly. Uh,
0: Okay, let's move on to the conference USA again. Best bets. Uh, Who do you like?
1: Best, bets, best bets, bets. Uh, this conference is small this year. Like, it's small, small. Uh, got nuked. Not, not got nuked. And they're adding some teams. I know they're adding, is it Jacksonville State? Yes, yep. Jacksonville State and then Sam Houston. Uh, right. Right, yeah, you're correct.
0: Which, so, yeah, making the jump from
1: uh, FCS. Yes. So I think they'll be good in a few years. Um, If we're going to go... Oh, they're also adding Liberty, aren't they? Yes, they added Liberty. Yeah, sorry about that. I forget that Liberty was independent for the longest time because they always played like the CUSA type teams. So I just like assumed they're in one of those conferences. But I'm going to go. So who's going to win? It's Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is so much better than everybody else in this conference. They can pass the ball like no other. Every Western Kentucky team that you imagine from your youth, ones that are slinging it for 400, 500 yards a game it's gonna be one of those. And I think they're just significantly better than everybody else but if I'm going to have to go bargain bin, I'm going UTEP. I think Dana Demmel has built a solid program there. Like UTEP a uh, similar to like New Mexico state in this conference used to be a doormat, like an absolute doormat of a program where teams were constantly running over them. They would go winless one win type seasons. Like even the FCS teams they'd play, give them a, tr- a trouble time. I just think he's built such a solid program. there, a good foundation that I feel like now minor nation, uh, can, uh, come to fruition and i don't even know what this this does this conference have a championship game i think so uh i think it's big enough to still do that but uh so give me utep if they're there i like what dana Dana dimmel has done out in the desert
0: uh austin reed out of uh western kentucky he came back i know he entered the portal at one point he's back for back the tops Uh, man And, and that's my thing is i i love 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 the hilltoppers i almost i almost said i love toppy but i do love to i love toppy but you know what i mean by that uh i love i love the hilltoppers love western kentucky i'm kind of if i'm going value i don't and i hate liberty and i don't want to pick them but i kind of have to pick them so i'm gonna go liberty plus 240 to win the conference championship i think that they're they've they've overachieved for what they have and they keep winning, and it sucks, and it's not a great thing. But plus two forty, I feel like not bad odds. I think it'll be them and uh, Western Kentucky in that final. And you know, with the, with the conferences like Conference USA, you never know what's going to happen. We we've seen this before. We I, I'm pretty sure last year it was UTSA and Western Kentucky in the final. It was nuts. Yep. yep. Um. So we 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 know how crazy this conference can get. Um so i'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Liberty uh, reluctantly, but i I, I kind of like that number. get a little bit more juice than Western Kentucky. Um, so yeah, that's I'm gonna go with the um, whatever they're
1: called. I don't know. <laughs> Liberty is starting to give me the vibes of, like, a more corrupt uh, UCF. It's, like, kind of comes out of nowhere and is pumping a lot of money into their program for, like, I guess, like, the size of what their uh, athletics used to be. And then, like, will somehow, like, become, like, evil BYU once, like, (laughs) in 10 years, like, whenever realignment happens again. Like, I just – it seems – it's – becoming, like, they're gonna probably outspend most, besides maybe Western Kentucky, they're gonna outspend everybody in this conference, and, like, if Jamie Chadwell is just as good as he's in Coastal Carolina as he is here, they're gonna suffocate teams, and that's gonna be really sad, but... It sucks.
0: And it sucks, because Chadwell was such a cool story under Coastal. And they had to join his just corrupt, gross... Just a gross program.
1: Yeah. Because I was it waiting sucks. for him to go to, like, uh... Uh, like NC State or like a Virginia or like one of the Carolina, like a clear step up where it's like, oh, that's great for him. Like he went to like a power five job because of like what he could get out of like a smaller program that can't recruit a lot of talent and stuff like that. And then it's just like, ah, like you kind of like went to a worse conference, but lateral to a team that will like pay you a lot more. Like that's the thing. It's like, he didn't like lateral, like he didn't get a promotion per se. He just got a lot more money. And that just kind of sucks. Like, yeah, like, I wanted believe- to see that arc. I wanted we to see that arc so different. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to see that arc so much more different. I was like, I'm ready. Like, NC State's kind of getting boring. Like, they need, like, a little, like, they need the mullet. They need that, like, uh, Jamie Chadwell vibe there. And he's just at liberty where like you oh. like vibes aren't allowed they're illegal and you get fined for them on campus so
0: <laughs> it's against the campus rule book to, to have any vibes yeah kind of
1: sucks. it just sucks but
0: all right that's all we really have for the uh for the power five or sorry group of five um any final thoughts blake before you uh, close this thing up
1: no, I just think watch the G five this year. If you're yearning for that regionality, just come join us. They're at the best times. So They're usually <laughs> late Saturday night time when you're not watching games.
0: I apologize. I tried to. I tried to put the background music, <laughs> in it was. completely screwed your audio. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, but no, I'm with you. Like. It's, it's really fun. It, it's like a proper, honest, cool version of college football. And it has that regionality. It's great. Um, always fun to watch. And I feel like they've been expanding it on the weeks. So uh, always something to watch during the week. So absolutely love, 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 love checking on the uh, group of five and uh, their conferences. So um, anyways, so, again, sorry for cutting you off there. I didn't know. No.
1: It is, it is all good. It's just, it's, it's always so like funny when you'll have a, like, uh, app state, coastal Carolina, the biggest game of like the Sun Belt conference and it's on a Wednesday night. Like that's, what's perfect about it. It's like this league doesn't take much more effort to fault. Fo- like these leagues don't take much more effort to follow just because they give you the perfect time slot where it's like, you're not going to be watching anything else.
0: Yeah. Cause they know it's going to be nuts. You know, if you're, if they're throwing it down, you know at app state that that always is a crazy environment um and i think we get a coastal uh at app state on like a tuesday and you yes. know that's just the best environment the best environment apparently nobody likes going to app state which honestly as a tv viewer i love so um anyways well blake thank you so much for your time as always um and i cannot wait to dive into some group five action uh getting getting right to it on week zero so um Super, super excited to get to that. Um, thank y'all so much for watching, for listening, um, and we will be back at it with some weekend spread picks coming very, very soon. And I can't wait to actually get into the grind. Uh, I tell you what, Blake,
1: I'm ready for it. Oh, dude, I am so, so ready. I love the weekend spread, and I know we're gonna have a legendary year again this year. So, yeah,
0: it's it's gonna be an all timer. I tell you that. So. For me and Blake, this has been the Weekend Spread Groupify Preview. We'll see you next time. Have a great one and good luck out there.